What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Soul Therapy, the podcast. My name is Daniel. Daytona. Today, we will be talking about our two most anticipated albums of 2022. As usual, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast on all streaming platforms. And don't forget to give us that five-star rating on Spotify as well. Also, for more content, please go and follow our socials at soul underscore therapy. And also, please support our page on coffee at ko-fi.com slash soul therapy. And yes... Our most anticipated albums of 2022. I mean, 2022, I think, is has a lot to offer, especially with, you know, the upcoming albums and such. And yeah, man, I'm just so excited with, you know, so many different artists that are that will be releasing their albums, you know. But mm. to me, I think the two most um, anticipated albums that I've been waiting for for a long, long time, it's The Quiet's Q Train 3 and Low Boy's Meantime. Yeah. And I think while two, both of those albums are very different, I think they still have a, a place in Korean hip-hop, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think if I had to start with The Quiet's Q Train 3, I think that might be the most anticipated one because it's been such a long time since I've heard a Q Train album. Mm. Especially with Q Train 2 being released in uh, 2016 and Q Train 1 releasing in 2006, um, I, I, I'm sure that The Quiet has a lot up his sleeves. Like, I'm sure that there will be a lot of surprises, but also a lot of the, the back to the basics of Q Train 1. I mean, the Q Train series is like the name itself, the, yeah. that's enough to like make people go kind of ballistic in a sense. It does. Like a lot of there are a lot of fans of the Q Train series, and um, from what I remember, like the first Q Train already got some sort of award in Korean music, mm. and Q Train Two was also very well received by fans. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Q Train Two had more of a more of like a modern kind of the modern yeah. um, twist to it. Yeah, um, I mean, after all, like evolution is one of the biggest things about the Quiet, right? Of course, yeah. You don't always get the same shit with it. Um, yeah. So when it comes to like Q Train Three, though, uh, I think it's a very important place in time for his career because, yeah. first of all, I think it's a good move that he's not putting out a rapper album. Mm, yeah. That is instrumental because he he has a not a some kind of controversy around him right now, mm. and there are two things in which you deal with controversy. Mm-hmm. which is obvious but one you directly address it mm-hmm. like you head into the battlefield or you kind of circumvent around it until it blows over right the quiet is the guy to do the latter yeah um first of all when it comes to controversy that he really does have to address is not exactly involving him but more like yamda yeah so i think he can take that position logistically speaking and the other controversy revolves around Toki, right yes yes but um Toki is not exactly the guy to like go directly for him either. Maybe a mm. few, quick like few subs here and there. It doesn't really hurt the quiet that much. Mm-hmm. If we're speaking on the controversy side of things, I think it's a good idea that he's going for the instrumental series here. Yes, I agree, and and I and I say that and I agree because I think maybe it's time that he continues that trajectory of the producing side, you know, rather yeah. than. Like he has been on the producing side for quite a while now. A long time, like, yeah. He always released an album, like at least in every two years. And yeah. that's at least like he has like ten albums almost. I think yeah. nine to be correct. And yeah. there's catalog. Yeah. 
Yeah, nine. Um, if you put in the mixtapes, it, it goes over ten. The mm-hmm. thing is, um, I think he ran out of things to say too. Yeah, you're right. Like, because he dropped so many features. First of all, yeah, like he doesn't usually feature that much, but he really featured a lot during his like ambition and Daytona days. He's like the future maestro. Yeah, like it's like Rick Ross. You're yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Thing is, um, unlike Rick Ross, um, where Rick Ross has a drug dealing history, yeah, the Quiet doesn't exactly have a drug dealing history, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Korean hip hop is very uh, vanilla when yeah. it comes to the story aspect of things. Yeah, but he talked a whole lot about money. He talked a whole lot about entrepreneurship already on features. So yeah. at this point, I, it's kind of hard to expect anything new narratively regarding the Quiet. Mm. So I think this is his chance to showcase like how musically evolved he is. Mm-hmm. He can, I think, because Q Train One and Q Train Two has a very soul jazz vibe going for it. Even the trap beats, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think, yeah. I think he can really diversify his spectrum with this. Mm-hmm. Um, because like after Q Train Two, he did not only trap, but he did the like new age mumble rap stuff too, right? Yep the kind of little Uzi Vert thing as well. Essentially, like, he tried everything. Yeah, he really did. So I think I think Q-Train 3 might be an amalgamation of all of that. Mm. And I think it could also mean something new. Like, I really want to see him what he does with some eclectic samples as well. Yeah. Yeah, because he, like, he has so many great beats in his catalog. I think he, he does, can yeah. really pull it off. So To me, yeah. I feel like what I am hoping for in Q-Train 3 is a bit more of like kind of like the Alchemist style. Yeah, I think that might be a breach, but I can still see why you think that. And I, the yeah. reason why I say that is because yeah, most recently with a lot of the artists that he's been um, executive producing for, mm. you know, especially Don Malik's album, like there was a mm. track in there where he where he produced a couple of tracks in there, but then there had like drumless sequences, and it almost yeah, sounded exactly. like uh, the Alchemist style beats, mm. and so I'm. This is what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, maybe this is where Q Train Three is, you know, going to be filled with kind of like the Alchemist, kind of like that drum list, but like filled with soul samples. Who knows? He, I don't know if he uses samples, yeah. but it, that could be possible, you know. I and f- yeah, that makes sense because like um, the new shit, mm-hmm. when it comes to that, it's like um, there's already toil in Daytona. Yeah. So you don't need to do that either. Right, right. And the whole like the Griselda kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that fits with his whole vibe as well. Yeah. Like Most the luxurious definitely. kind of high class mm-hmm. vibe. So I think that fits in as well. Yeah. So you can, I think that's not a, I mean, it's still a reach because yeah. um, drumless sequences are barely done in Korean hip hop anyway. Yeah, that's like, true. Unless you go into like super underground stuff. So I'm not sure if he'll do it, but there's no reason why he will not feel that way. Right. So, um, because like the Owen poem three thing, like yeah. he produced not exactly drumless sequences, but, but he still similar. went for that yeah. kind of luxurious vibe. So I can definitely see him doing that. Yeah, definitely. And I mm. think one of the cool things about the quiet was like in Q train one, it had like that, um, that Pete rock style to it. And then yeah, Q train esque. Yeah. And then yeah. Q train two had again, was that a bit more modern, but it still had Justice that... Justice League kind of stuff. Yeah, and it had that jazzy kind mm-hmm. of like fusion, you mm-hmm. know, boom bap trap to it. And I really like mm-hmm. Q-Train too. I thought it was one of the more uh, daring albums that he made yeah. in terms of the instrumental wise. And so I think 
the hype and the excitement for Q Train Three, I think, has gone significantly further because I mm. because maybe it could be predictable, it could be formulaic. I don't know, but at the at the end of the day, I think, like you said, the Q Train series, it's like you know really important in the Korean hip hop, especially with the Quiet as like a prominent producer in that in that field, yeah. and so I think. Maybe my expectations may be a bit too high, but I mean, it's always good to like. Um, I mean, this is the Q Train series, mm. so why not? Like, I don't think the Quiet is exactly going to go in a very light-minded mindset. Yeah, like he's gonna really, yeah, I'm gonna do some shit with this. Like this, the name value of the Q Train three may mean something, you know? It does, and I think yeah, uh, it's can't, some... like just wing it. That's true. I think. Mm. Maybe I'm being a bit too kind of like direct or something, but I always feel like the Q Train has more higher expectations than his rapping rapping albums. I don't I don't know what it is, but I think it's because mm. maybe there's a lot more quality put in to the instrumental albums. No, I don't think it's that because his studio albums have great beats as well. It's just mm. like um, it's not the quality more like mm-hmm. I think it's the approach. Like he he's way more experimental, I think, when it comes to the instrumental albums. Because when it comes to like instrumental albums, the thing is you don't always have to rap on them, right? Right. So I think that this is my just take, but I think those kind of like music allows more room to use weirder samples. Yeah. There's less chance of being so grating or anything. That's true. Yeah. yeah so like if you see a, a lot of like madlib B tapes. Or like J Dillabitty B tapes, you go into it thinking like, yeah, no one's gonna rap on this. Mm, that's <laughs> they true. serve their purpose better as beats. Like same with like DJ Shadow shit and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So I think overall, I think the excitement for Q Train Three just has gotten a lot more, a lot more uh, significant. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he releases that soon. And the next album that really is on my list, high up on my list, is Lil Boy's Meantime. And yeah. This project needs to put that out quick. Yes. What are you I, doing? <laughs> I agree. It's it's been so long. It's I think this is an album that I've been constantly checking for updates to see if there's any movement or any progress within the album. And hmm. I, I, I just feel like the album is done. I feel like it's done. Yeah, I, I just from don't, what I know it's done as well. It's just like I don't know what's I don't know what it is. Maybe it could I think be some mix mix mastering, engineering stuff. Maybe it could be that, but who knows? It could be some other things that I we possibly don't know behind the scenes, but hopefully it's maybe a mixing and mastering issue because that can get solved uh, pretty quickly. But man, uh, with the way the uh, low boy has been um, becoming as like a uh, an important rapper in Korean hip hop, I think this album has a lot of uh, chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, it's very like um, halftime records is in kind of a hot place right now yeah because like people weren't exactly that high on like take one's last album yeah and he crowdfunded that shit Mm. so it was like you we crowdfunded it and we got this like it was it was the reception was pretty terrible yeah and not only was the reception terrible um he actually got flagged for this because he put out a director's cut Mm. the final cut but the thing is he didn't say this when he was crowdsourcing stuff uh-huh. so the people who got the original case was like what so what i pay for is like the unfinished cut you mean like it was a lot of hot water yeah 
the thing is, like the the hype to the album was crazy for Take One's like commercial art album. That's right. the title, but it didn't deliver. Mm-hmm. So like it's extra weight on the little boy's shoulders in a sense. I think yeah. because like halftime has currently like three members and one of the biggest name value was take one mm-hmm. so i think Lil boy really needs to put out something quality in order for the like record label to stay afloat mm-hmm. not just like financially wise but reputation wise as well mm-hmm. and also uh Lil boy has the potential for like commercial breakthrough as well he, he really does yeah yeah so if he really comes out with something amazing like he, I think he might be able to like almost fill Benzino's position or something—a quality mainstream hip hop record that both manias and like both genre fans and the mainstream has no problem endorsing. You know. But don't you think that would cause a little bit of division? I think it will actually cause union. I think hmm. what's what's what we're lacking is that kind of bridge kind of character. Right. The problem with the Korean hip hop scene right now is that we don't have someone like J Cole. Oh yeah, that, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, if you think about it, you don't. You either have a Drake or a Kendrick Lamar. The mm. thing is, the Drakes we have are even way more pop flavor than Drake is. Yeah, that's facts, yeah. Yeah, um, considering like uh, when this podcast is coming out, I don't know how, we'll, how it will go, but Kid Millie kind of dissed Toil today. Oh, wow. On IG, saying oh, wow. that he's like, Toil is making shit music, I think. Wow. Like he didn't directly say that, but that's basically what he implied. Like he's doing shit music and he like he's doing stupid stuff on IG. The thing is, Toil is the type of producer that is like so and so called not exactly hip hop, you know? Yeah. It's more like pop beats and the hip hop guy is singing or rapping over it. And it's a rock too. Yeah. So it was like, ha, like like genre fans and there is this increasing divide in the scene right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Thing is, like, if the pie is balanced somehow. It wouldn't be a matter. It wouldn't be that much. But the problem is, um, these these kind of phenomena are keep going on, and so we need kind of a rapper or a presence that kind of can bridge that. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, J Cole is not exactly the most underground rapper in the world, right? No, not at all. He makes, but he makes that kind of music with a little bit more mainstream nuance. Yeah, he's very good at that. He's not the greatest lyricist or anything, but he mm-hmm. does that. He does that very well. And I look at Lil Boy in the same way. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I don't expect like mind-bending lyrics from him or anything. Mm-hmm. He was never that much of a lyricist, lyricist in my eyes. Yeah, but he was a hell of a like performer, rapper-wise, right. and he was really good at making records. Yeah, and I think that's one of the cool things about Lil Boy is that he can mm-hmm. get creative with his flows. Yeah, even exactly. though that like, it may you, not you can't be predict like how he's gonna rhyme. Yeah, it may not be like those philosophical, you know, mm. in-depth type of lyrics, but you can definitely tell in his other songs that he's very creative with the way he rhymes or the, his yeah. rhyme schemes and his delivery. And I think exactly. it's just so diverse and so creative with the way he uses the words and the way yeah. he delivers and the way he plays with the words too. I think he's just so genius at that. And yeah, exactly. And I think with hopefully, I feel like Sloan is going to take the helm at, as like kind of like the the producer with a lot yeah. Of that's the, another thing I'm looking forward to. Like um, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, if he like like B was amazing from Show Me the Money, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, little boy should have rapped all this kind of thing. That's the thing. Yeah. So um, if the album is loaded with that kind of stuff, I mm-hmm. think it will be great. Mm-hmm. Um, because honestly, uh. This is kind of a hot take, 
but I can really do with some less rock influence in Korean hip hop right now. I I feel you. I feel you definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not going to shit on an entire movement. That shit is corny, but like it gets stale after a while, you know. I hear you. So, yeah. Like this um this is actually a very interesting talking point here, but um because Korean hip hop is so small, mm-hmm. like subgenres fight with each other all the fucking time. Yeah. For example, like um uh for example, it's like uh you don't expect like Jada Kiss to diss a hundred gex. Mm. That's stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard about the hundred gex? No. Uh, there's they're this they're this um hyper pop group that that oh, makes okay. stupid songs, okay? But they do rap mm-hmm. because you know rap is everywhere these days. Yeah. The thing is, um, their meme music meme. They're basically yeah. their music is a kind of a meme, but it's mm-hmm. also very high quality as well. But the okay. thing is, like in a normal world, like people like Jada Kiss and people like a hundred gags are on a totally different spectrum. Yeah. They don't care about each other. I don't think like Jada Kiss even knows a hundred gags exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, because Korean hip hop is so small, yeah. it's like Jada Kiss and a hundred gags are like forced to know each other. Right. So it becomes a problem because like, oh, I'm real hip hop. No, you're a corny old head. Like this is, this is happens all the fucking time, you know? Yeah. And um, this happened like yesterday as well. Yeah. Like, so and Simba and uh, Yes yeah. Jr. got into yep. a beef, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, like it's so messy in yeah, Korean hip hop. It it's is. very entertaining, but somehow stupid at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I like feel about America. It's so oh, stupid. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> like, anyway, the thing is, uh, with all of this in mind, I'll have to say, Lil Boy is going to put out something great because of that. Yeah, I hope so too. And uh, I mean, and meantime is just a sequel to his mixtape as well. Yeah. Yeah. the The mixtape's name is Good Time. Mm-hmm. So now he's coming back with a meantime. It's kind of cute and kind of hyping at the height at the same time mm-hmm. so i think it, he does the name value mm-hmm. i really really want it to be good oh yeah same here yeah um the hype is very high right now i bet so yeah yeah so he better live up to it i guess yeah um so yeah high hopes and a little bit of worries i guess there's I thoughts that yeah. there's a lot at stake well my first pick would be xeno being xeno yeah. because first of, of all yeah um He's back from Sweden. Yeah. The track list is leaked. Yeah. Uh, basically means he's almost finished and yeah. it's going through mixing and mastering. Mm-hmm. Like Banna has some, for some reason, I think Banna um, has a tradition of sending their artists to Scandinavia yeah. and making them cook up shit in like an ice cave or something. So that they're focused. Yeah. It's like work, bitch, kind of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. But the thing is, when they're done, like, it's like the anecdote was recorded in like two weeks. Mm, wow, that's really quick. So I think it's something similar happened here. This is fan mm-hmm. speculation. But, um, and Zeno has a lot to prove. Definitely. Yeah, because his singles were either hit or miss. So far, yeah. Yeah, before he went into Bana. But the SoundCloud stuff was amazing, right? Yeah. And Monet is also on the NBA 2K soundtrack. Which is amazing. Yes, he made it dude what the fuck kind of thing yes um but it's crazy because it's a demo right Mm -hmm. on soundcloud 
That's insane. Like, are there many records of doing this? Like, SoundCloud records making into like the NBA 2K soundtrack? Nope. nope. Yeah, Rarely. this was huge. Like, Bana is obviously doing something good, like doing something right right now. So That's I facts, think, so. yeah, they're back on their feet. I hope um, Zeno has a lot to prove because his like um, the army service and everything. Not only that, but I feel like he has the most chip on his shoulder right now. Like, yeah, the like, most pressure. Like, dude is top five. You know. Oh yeah. Um, like he was. I thought he was overrated, but um, recently I kind of picked up. Like he was somewhere in my top fifteen, but now is he's in my top five because, yeah. uh, like. I I want Korean rappers to talk about something different right. than American rappers because uh-huh. first of all we don't live an American life. Yeah, the, you know, y'all live in Korea, mm-hmm. and honestly, I'm tired of like gang shit. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, and especially like what's happening in New York right now. It's like no, I, I'm I don't fuck with that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I will still listen to them, but I don't think that should be the end all and be all of hip hop, you know? Yeah. And we had the fentanyl crisis and everything. So I was like, yeah. I'm just sick of this. Like, actually talk about Korean life, bro. Yeah. So, and I think um, Zeno does that. He does. Which kind of made me look at him in an entire different light. Like, this is the kind of music I was looking for, but I just never gave him enough of a chance, I think, because yeah. of like how he writes. Mm-hmm. Because um, it will not seem that much to you, but. Because I'm a Korean, when it comes to like Korean or English lyrics, it's like it's kind of a hit or miss for me. No, I hear it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But if you get past that, you realize like he's very good at painting images with his words and stuff. Yeah, he's so very like, artistic. That's what I love yeah. about him. Yeah. And what's always been great about him, like even though when I was not the biggest fan of him, is that he's incredibly creative. The way he yes. designs his flows, the production choices, the way he structures his songs is very unconventional. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't find a blatant reference within his music when it comes to, like, American stuff. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I think he's on a good track. I think he will put out something really creative and mound-pushing, like, like boundary-pushing. Because yeah. at the end of the day, he was still under Alienaire. And Alienaire mm-hmm. is uh, more of a for-profit label. Yeah. Mainstream Bana is, too. Bana really just lets the artists to do whatever they want when it comes to the music. So um, I hope Zeno found his home. Yeah. Yeah. Isho Man is coming back with something big here. So Definitely, man. That's great. It's like, it's pretty crazy because like you said, with Bana, th- that label is about 100% freedom control. You know, they put yeah. no restrictions on any yeah, other artist. Like, it's like, do whatever you want, but... It's frustrating sometimes because Bana seems like almost like they're doing nothing to support their artist. Yeah. Or like... Maybe too much freedom control. so long and stuff yeah. like that. But when it comes to the creative aspect of art, like, no one can follow them. That's exactly how you should do it. Let the artists do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Support that. Like that's labels are not sweatshops. They're support mechanisms. That's true. Yeah. So and that's good. I think Benzino is really, like I mentioned before, as as an artist himself, like not just like physically as an artist, you know, where he draws, but like I'm just saying like literally like as an art figure as a in the music industry, mm. I think a lot of his music, like it's just so artistic it's very artsy and it's sometimes like you don't know what he's trying to get at because sometimes the lyrics can be you know it has a lot of metaphoric it can be sim- symbolic or mm. there's a lot of similes in there and so i think that's what makes him such a unique artist yeah nonetheless he's such an amazing artist right away but i'm saying like just unique in terms of just the way he approaches his music mm-hmm. it's just so different like i like how he pushes 
himself even further away from like what's mainstream like what's yeah. popular you know and yeah, i think exactly. that's so difficult to do in a day and age where music is just all about popularity trend who can gain the most number one hits i think that's like possible because like um this is the same case if he sense as well yeah like xeno already topped the charts once oh for like, sure he dominated he has the experience of dominating it and he doesn't need that anymore yeah like which is so great to see like mm-hmm. They're coming back to their roots in a sense. Like, no doubt. 100%. Yeah, I got this money shit now. I don't have to do it because a lot of the times, this is not just rappers, but like in general, like under capitalism. Yeah. Like the apparatuses of the free market, quote yeah. unquote free market. Um, people are so like one track minded when it comes yeah. to like what success can be. Yeah. It's like everything else except money has kind of escaped their minds. Mm no life is about other shit too you know exactly it's about self-fulfillment it's about self-actualization like money hasn't to be everything like exactly you don't have to be gary v you know yeah (laughs) like that isn't everything like if it was everything like i would be doing this by getting paid but you know i don't because getting paid for this would mean that i'll have to compromise opinions it will have to compromise like what i'm seeing right now on the pod stuff like that like there's a lot of things you can't exactly like what are going to convert into money yeah that's true and one of the fields that should be doing this is art like i know like getting the table is important like getting like food on your table is important yeah but the thing is um once you have done that once you're in a position where that is fulfilled like why are you looking for something more so much Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like for every jay-z there's going to be nas and for yeah. every Nas, there's going to be an MF Doom. Yeah. But if you look at these money-chasing rappers, it's almost as if, like, they're acting on someone else's accords. Yeah. They want to be, like, endorsed so much as the money maker. Yeah. Like, the masses. Like, it's kind of sad to see at this point. I was, I was usually angry at these people because I thought mm-hmm. they was fucking up the culture. Yeah. But if you think about it, they're the victims as well. Yeah. So, it's kind of sad to see. Um... But anyway, Zeno is doing the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, that's great to see. I'm so looking forward to what he does in this new record. Because yeah. the SoundCloud stuff has been fire. And um, yeah, he's back. No doubt. Um, and second album would be E-Sense, of course. Yes. My man. Uh, of course, um, that's your boy. My fucking man. Um, the realest dude ever. Um, the realest rapper ever. The owner of the number one classic in korean hip-hop history the anecdotes the anecdote yeah mr e-sense aka blanky mud such um, a cool name yeah that's the name of the mixtape too by the way that's blanky mud mixtape volume two it's a mixtape it's a sequel yep um i have already talked so much about the 2008 members of korean hip-hop yep and how they kind of shifted the mixtape culture yep thing is uh this is the second installment of a very famous Essence mixtape. Yeah. And I just hope he has fun with it. Yeah. I hope Zeno is a bit more serious about his stuff, but I exact like I wish the exact opposite for Essence. I mean he has no choice. I mean, because like Essence's music is incredibly dark usually. Yeah. It's very cynical. And what happens is he's not that kind of person. He said this in these interviews, like it's not the it's not that I'm a dark person. It's more about the situation that I was in within of life course, was dark. Yeah. So he got he grew kind of tired of thinking people are very 
people thinking him as like a super brooding kind of guy. He's not. Yeah. If you look at his interviews, like the Dulo's drinking and shit. Yeah, he's a and chill talking dude. with people. He's a very chill dude. Yeah. Like even his IG stuff, um, <laughs> he says some a lot of stupid shit on there as well. Yeah. Not stupid in the sense like Kanye is, but like stupid in the sense like it being goofy kind of shit. Yeah. So I hope he has fun this time because this is a mistake. Um, yeah, not just sure. rapping wise, but I hope he does some things like musically that he was formerly kind of pressured into not doing. Mm. Like instead of quality, I really hope he has funds. And in that sense, a little experimental, not in the sense of like avant-gardeism, but trying yeah. a lot of different styles too. Yeah. And because the good, the duo is always great at making records. So oh, no whatever's doubt. coming out of his head, I'm down to listen to it. I mean, regardless, you're going to get both quality and fun, I feel like, yeah. because Blinky Mun Volume 1 was just pure, just... Yeah, he's like, always yeah. mixtapes for, like, um, I don't know, like, Diplomat mixtapes, you know? Yeah. They were great, and they were just great fun. Like, the lyricism was there, of course, but it was about fun at the end of the day. That's the crazy thing about Eastsense. It's like, yeah. even though he makes that or he made the Blinky Mon mm. Volume 1 like a fun album, he still somehow made it serious. It's, I think it has to do with the way he approaches his rhyming and he's lyricism. He's crazy. Like, he's insane. The reason is because, like, his lyricism is very... Not the actual content, but the tone. Like, even if he's bragging about how great he is, yeah, there's very small flashes of, like, philosophical insight. It's yeah. almost like his like like the philosophy has become intuitive, yeah. intuitive with his music. Uh-huh. Like that's is just who he is. Like if he has fun, like he tr- somehow manages to still drop damn kind of lines. Yeah, that's what I really like about it. So, yeah, the do breathes philosophy kind of shit, you know. Yeah, that's, that's the what crazy he, thing. Yeah, that's what makes like Nas great, you know. Yeah, like the dude has a Jay Z and Nas in him. And I yeah. hope he goes in that, into a little bit of a Jay-Z mode this time. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping too. Yeah, so um, it's always great to see. Because if you think about it, like these days, uh, Jay-Z and Nas kind of switched positions Yeah. as they aged. Uh-huh. Like Jay-Z becomes a little bit more serious and Nas is having fun these days with Hip Boy, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think that's the kind of like what I'm looking for for Essence, like to shift into a little bit more of a, uh, like Nas is doing right now, have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nas is having a ton of fun right now. So I hope he does the same thing with this mixtape. You think who who do you think is gonna drop first? In Zeno or Essence? Zeno. It has to be Zeno. Oh, that's true. It's been such because a long time since he's dropped. It's been such a album. long time. Yeah. And I think Bana has a little bit more responsibility towards Zeno right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, because this album will either make him or break, or break him. him. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So what do you think the realistic date is? I'm predicting my prediction. Real, this is realistic prediction. I say mm. April or May. That's what I say. Drop. I say. <laughs> I hope it really drops in February. <laughs> yeah, that, okay, what you, what you just said right there is a, that's like a miracle. You're asking for a miracle at that point. <laughs> Literally, yeah, you're, that, but even realistically speaking, mm-hmm. I think March is very feasible. Like really, March. Zeno's music is very seasonal. Yeah, but it's. March? I mean, dude, am I asking for that much at this point? Like, dude has been gone for like how many years? Yeah, I understand, but it's like look it up right now. Like, what's the when's his last studio album drop? 2016. Yeah, dude, it's six years. God damn. Like, no, yeah, yeah. I don't care. I'm gonna like he has to do it. Like, if it really the world was going right now, like he should have dropped it last year. 
So fuck it. I want more from him. So I'm I'm saying February, but I hope it's no later than March. So you're realistically saying March will be like the ideal. Yeah, because like the track list is leaked and stuff like that. Mm, like I guess. this look, dude is not Kanye, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um like he's late. He's really late, but he doesn't yeah. like drop random shit for nothing. Mm. Like Kanye just splurts stuff and does nothing. Eason yeah. splurts stuff and does nothing. But <laughs> Benzino isn't exactly known for like hyping up his records that much. When something is going on, like there, when something cryptic is leaked, it usually is a reason for it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I I trust Benzino and Bana for this one. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I think overall, I think with the albums that we kind of went over and with our anticipations, you know, going through the roofs, I just hope that you know more artists follow in that route. That mm. because I I truly believe twenty twenty two has you know, a good lineup where a lot yeah. of artists will be dropping music. And mm-hmm. even if they don't, you know, at least like, you know, they're working on something to show that, you know, the next, you know, next album is a real possibility. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. just like you, man, I'm just super hyped with uh, Benzino and Essence's uh, album. And so, you know, as we begin to slowly wrap up our show, as usual, any artists or tracks that you're currently listening to and would like to share or recommend to our listeners? Well, to be honest, these days I'm a lot more into American hip hop. But um, mm-hmm. since we're talking about Zeno, um, I guess the second Jazzy Fact album. Ooh, like that is one of the main reasons. Like that, I if I get something close to that, I wouldn't mind because mm-hmm. like the first Jazzy Fact album is like classic it jazz very, rap. Yeah, like lyrically, like mantra wise, what it was saying about everything is classic. But I mm-hmm. think Gino's avant-garde kind of approach came out better in the second album. Mm-hmm. Like he has these jazz samples, uh, but he never uses it conventionally. The song structures switch up all the time. That's um, true. Yeah, even though like trap anthems with these crazy horns, like it's he has a very unorthodox flow about it. The hook is great and everything. There's a song called Dawn Emojis. And That's a, yeah, yeah. It's a very triumphant song. But yeah. what I like about that song is because, like, what I talked about, like, Zeno not being very unconventional when it comes to the things he talks about, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the Korean pronunciation of Tony Mo- Don, Ton, like, Don Emojis yeah. is Tony Moji. Ah. And yeah, that yeah. means what is money. Oh. Okay. But on English, it says Don and Emojis, right? Yeah. So it's about emotions, right? Mm-hmm. But the same thing about the Don thing being like he's a boss kind of thing. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? So it's a yeah. triple entendre in a sense. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, but the thing is, like, when it comes to like money making anthems, it usually is very one track minded. But mm-hmm. this track is like um, it alludes to family issues. Um, it oh. alludes to like his history as a family, and he also has to deal with like um, the doubts he has about materialism at the same time. Yeah. So you're not making money necessarily for just for the sake of money, making money and wanting all this luxurious shit. It's about making yeah. money to, in a sense, like to empower the community around him. In a, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like that's the kind of approach I want. Something that is more nuanced, something that is more multifaceted. Mm. Like that's what I see in his like when he when I say he's a good writer, I mean that kind of things, you know? Yeah. It's not like meat mill where it's like ah money 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 money. It's more like because I like I I get it. You had a poor past and everything. That's great. It really is. Yeah. But I want 
it's when there's a little bit more of an introspection aspect to it, a little bit more of a philosophical approach, even while amongst that crazy hustling kind of mentality. Yeah. Like that's what hip hop needs kind of, you know? Yeah. And Zeno always has done that. I'm just stupid enough to realize now. Mm. So definitely check that out. Check the lyrics out to that as well. Yeah. And always keep in mind that there's a triple entendre that plays on the like differences between Korean and English as well. No doubt. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I think these are the kind of songs that you're trying to get away from this podcast. Mm. So yeah, great song. Check it out. The album is great too. It's only like seven tracks because it was formerly an EP. It's yeah. But it's kind of a second studio album as well. Mm. <laughs> so um, the album's name is Jazzy Fact Waves Like. Yeah. And the song's name is Don Emojis. For sure. And for me, I'm going to go with Cold Kunst and mm. the song is called Namane Rule. And it features Giddy Boy and Ugly Duck. And it was off of Cold Kunz's second album called Crumple, which mm. dropped in 2015. And it's tracks mm. number seven. And mm-hmm. gosh, this song, yeah, the song overall, the production wise to it, this mm. is where the uh, Cold Kunz was more of like a raw. Like mm. this this album shows like the, the raw side of Cold Kunz. It's still mm. kind of like gritty. It's just very dusty. And the mm. beats itself is just so different. And. Mm. And while Cold Kunz is like a seasoned, you know, mm. veteran now, like a, you know, he's like a seasoned producer. But back mm. in the day, his older projects like um, Novel and mm. Crumple, they were very um, more of like a raw Cold Yeah, Kunz. they were very bleak, dark. Yes, agreed. Hope he goes back to that shit sometime. Like, I'm glad he's winning, but um, we missed that a little bit. We For sure. And this yeah. track is... Uh, it's actually good to hear Ugly Duck again. You know, I haven't heard Ugly <laughs> Duck in a, such a long time. And the dude retired as rapper. Yeah. He explicitly said he doesn't want to be a rapper. He just wants to be a DJ. Mm, that's so we're not going to hear him from that much. Yeah. So, I mean, for people who are, you know, asking for Ugly Duck's new music, you know, mm. unfortunately he retired. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to hear his voice, like, go check out uh, Not Mind a Rule. Or you can the say The album Wild. itself is great, too. Like, Crumple yeah. is one of my favorite albums from Cold Coast and just in general. Like, so many creative beats. Yeah. And the rappers tackle the songs from very weird lyrical angles. Like, there's yeah. almost a theme to every song. So... Especially like Noxar on that album is so his writing the I think he's featured on two songs. Two songs, yep. Yeah, those the lyrics to that are mm, Chef's Kiss, like Yeah, it's ex, it's on yeah. point, yeah. So just the album itself is amazing. So um if you like Coke Kunst as a producer but want to take a look at the earlier size of him. Yeah. Uh, when he was a bit more hungry, a bit more grimy. Yeah. And he was a little bit more focused on like the um the fundamentals of hip hop, in a sense, yeah. of like good writing like when it yeah. comes to lyrics and stuff. So definitely check it out. Um, this is yeah. definitely one of the more uh, darker Cold Kunst yeah. type of stuff. His first and two albums, and his his transition started at the third album. Yeah, and by the fourth album, he was completely mellowed out. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very different Cold Kunst now. Yeah, and I think that's one of the cool things about Code Kunz, mm-hmm. just how diverse he can be. Like, he can just go yeah. one way to the other. And especially it still with- feels like a Code Kunz beat, but the connotations and the mood is a little bit different. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so Crumple is definitely that album. If you're looking for more of that raw, that real, kind of like that very gritty hip-hop. Very eclectic sample choices as well. Yeah, very eclectic yeah. for sure. And Kitty Boy too, he really uh, slayed that beat. I think yeah. it's one of the more like crazier side of Kitty Boy yeah. in terms of just like... Everyone you know, did well on that album. 
there's not one red, bad verse on that album. For sure. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I truly think if, mm-hmm. again, like Daytona mentioned, if you're a fan of Code Coons and want to hear more of Code Coons earlier days, this is an album you should definitely visit because this mm-hmm. is an album that I will, that I consider classic, but also a mm-hmm. timeless piece of art because mm-hmm. I have, haven't heard a, a producer produce these types of beats because you usually, when you think about producers, you're like, okay, you're pretty, you you predict about how formulaic it can get and yeah you're like, exactly oh. you're like okay this is gonna be formulaic okay i predict that this will happen or I yeah predict it's just this gonna be happen. a bunch of songs together but no this is not what you get from this album but yeah kokus he definitely jumps on a different train on this album yeah. but he also jumped on a different train on novel but he also mm-hmm. jumped on a train different that's the cool thing about kokus he's just so different he, he's he, not just he, a beat maker like he really knows how to produce records like, he really how does to make this song function he, like, he gets down to the nitty-gritty of things on mm-hmm. the producing side. And so, yeah. yeah, definitely go check out Namane Rule. You know, well, that's all the time we have for today. But please do comment and let us know what what your most anticipated album of the year is. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please go and subscribe to our podcast on all platforms. And please give us that five-star rating. If you want more K-Hip-Hop contents, go check out Daytona's Instagram at myk underscore Daytona for K-Hip-Hop album reviews. And also follow our social media page at soul underscore therapy. Thank you guys so much and see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.